Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli, where everyone deserves a seat at the table. What about f***ing Colin? Why does he not have a f***ing job? Because he's still being white balls. Why is Tom not speaking out about that? He should be his biggest f***ing ally. And he hasn't said one f***ing thing. Today's podcast is brought to you by my Amazon shop. Check it out at amazon.com backslash shop backslash the sports deli and you can see all the products that i've done videos on my idealists and my shoppable photos i may make a commission on any of the things that you watch or see but it's at no extra cost to you enjoy today's short we have to refer to him as mr duncan like i i'm just wondering Please, I'm very formal. Secretary Duncan. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Just put a sir on the end of it. Secretary Duncan, sir. All right, here we go. Hey, everyone. This is Hoot, host and producer of the Sports Daily Podcast. I'm going to get right into it. I'm going to talk about four things today. I'm going to talk about Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, the former Chris Jackson that played at LSU and in the NBA and was whiteballed by the NBA, and the latest update on what has transpired. With regards to his documentary, Stand, According to Mahmoud himself, who hopefully will be on the show at some point. I'll also be talking about Colin Kaepernick today. I will follow up also with regards to Dan Lanning, the head coach at Oregon, and Deion Sanders. And we will finish with Taylor Swift. So this is uh, directly from Mahmoud's Instagram page, which is M-A-H-M-O-U-D-A-R-1-2-3. Mahmoud AR, which stands for Abdul Raouf, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf 123, Mahmoud AR123. My documentary stand premiered on Showtime in February of this year, 2023, and stars Stephen Curry, Jalen Rose, Shaq, Mahir Shala Ali, Ice Cube, and was directed by award winning director Jocelyn Rose Lyons, and was received well in the press by All the Smoke which is hosted by Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes. Showtime Sports, Showtime Basketball, Paramount Plus, and has now been unavailable for months. Showtime, Paramount Plus, the NBA, Showtime directly messaged me saying the NBA were the reason it was being held up. None of this surprises me. You were probably hoping I would be silent. You and I know that would be out of character. The documentary you supported is called Stand. It would be appreciated if you could stand for what's right and clear this up. I'm constantly being asked about the documentary from people on the street and in the industry, so still waiting. By the way, NBA, many of my speaking and training engagements are being affected because of the inability to access the documentary, which for some organizations is a selling point, like Craig Hodges. And his documentary, you refuse to free up. So Etan Thomas, who played at Syracuse and in the NBA with Michael Jordan and others, who was on our show, said, this is so messed up. This is an amazing documentary that everyone needs to see. Now, my response was, this is absolute effing BS. This is where the NBA players need to unite and strike. They won't because they don't truly take care of their brothers, just like the NFL truly doesn't take care of its brother, Colin Kaepernick, and how... Baseball screwed Bruce Maxwell, the first Major League Baseball player to ever kneel, who was also on our show. The women of the WNBA would strike for their sister before they'd ever let this happen. They did it to boot their racist owner out, allegedly, 
racist, and changed two elections. The NBA players and the NFL players when it comes to Colin Kaepernick and Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf are absolute frauds and cowards. Mahmoud, I'm truly sorry. It's heartbreaking and infuriating. It's disgusting, honestly. I hope influencers like Jamel Hill and Jay Billis speak out on this. I'm so bent over this, even though we already knew this was the reason before they admitted it. And no more silence. Bad enough you got white-balled, and now the second commissioner is sticking it to you, referencing Adam Silver and the former David Stern. Rest in peace, I guess. He needs to come correct. Like, just admit it and apologize. Why would you double down on this? It makes no sense, and your silence is deafening, and your legacy is forever tarnished, as is Roger Goodell's. Sickening. So, that was a couple days ago. And I try and let things uh, marinate a little bit and digest the information. Now, this shirt that I'm wearing uh, is Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf, and this is what he was doing in 1996. And it says, stay true, for those of you just listening and not watching. And he basically was pro this, – this was after what he initially did, which was not uh, honor the flag uh, because of uh, police brutality and social injustice, basically. Same thing that Colin did. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Mahmoud was basically Colin before Colin, Steph Curry before Steph Curry, and Mamba Kobe before Kobe. And, like, I'm literally, like, incensed over this whole thing. And see, no one's saying anything because nobody knows who he is. No one cares. People got to put food on their table. And this is just another example of the NBA and the NFL being frauds. And so Mahmoud, man, um, truly sorry. I, I hope this wrong is righted at some point uh, because the documentary, for those of you that, that don't know, it was out for a while, uh, for a few months, and then they pulled it. And this is where I would like to see people use their influence because if the LeBrons don't speak out, unfortunately, it should be white people. If the Steph Currys don't speak out, if the players don't strike, similar to what the WNBA did when Kelly Leffler was the owner and forcing her out and changing two elections in Georgia in 2020, probably not much is going to get done because there's not one white influencer in the basketball space. Even though Steph Curry speaks out, um, even though LeBron speaks out about stuff, but the only white people that speak out are Rex Chapman. Um, uh, J.J. Redick, uh, Greg Popovich, and Steve Kerr. And those guys aren't getting the commissioner. Well, Steph Curry and Popovich may, but they're not getting the commissioner to make any changes. They're not going to get the commissioner to have him offer a formal apology, to admit that he was white-balled in 1996 and his career was cut short as a result of the narrative that HBO presented that Mahmoud had something to do with 9-11. So anyways, it's a call to action. I don't know if any of these people that I've asked to speak out on this matter would ever speak out, but it's the only way that anything's going to get done. So if they don't, would you strike? I mean, I'm just in a, I'm just in a place now where I would do just about anything to uh, help Colin or Mahmoud or anybody else that's in these spaces that literally have had their careers cut short or gotten screwed. Like, I just, I can't understand it for the life of me. 
Like why the commissioner would double down on this instead of just saying, look, there's no doubt that because of the times that we were living in, there was incorrect information that was portrayed to the general public that included the media, that included you know, our league, and we are deeply, deeply sorry for it. Nope, it won't happen. And most of you that listen to this have no idea who Mahmoud is. Man, when I tell you he was Steph Curry before Steph Curry, when I tell you that he was Mamba from a work ethic perspective, getting up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., before Kobe, before Mamba, and when I tell you he was Colin before Colin, he literally was. And so I just wanted to touch on that because it's literally ridiculous. And what he's doing all around the world, uh, shout out to Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Uh, he was literally one of my idols growing up. Um, I was just, I marveled at his ability. And if you listen to some of the OGs that talk about it from the uh, NBA, like on, in the documentary, like Shaq, who played with them, Jalen Rose and, and others, man, they have the highest of praise for him. And so my final point about this is nothing's going to really change unless there's outrage across the board. And what does that mean? Well, lawsuits, the pressure of social media, if there's a big push in particular from current players, namely Steph Curry and LeBron James, to demand that there's an apology, a public apology, by the commissioner's office to Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf because of what David Stern did and now what Adam Silver is doing. If there's any sponsorship dollars that are impacted as a result of this, which I don't see happening, and if there's any television rights or money revenue that impacts this. And so the reality is that the only chance that Mahmoud has, really, is to have people like Jamel Hill, Jay Billis, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and who knows who else maybe influencers from other sports, the women of the WNBA, to all come together and demand justice for Mahmoud. Now, uh, I want to move on to Colin Kaepernick because uh, I don't know if you guys saw what uh, Colin Kaepernick said, but he basically said after Aaron Rodgers went out uh, with the season-ending, well, we think it's going to be a season-ending injury, that Colin Kaepernick wanted to not necessarily take anyone's spot on the actual roster, but he wanted to simply be on the practice squad. He said, I would be honored and extremely grateful for the opportunity to come in and lead the practice squad, the practice squad. I mean, you guys are going to come back with he's 35 years old. He hasn't played in years. Well, he's fresh. I could argue that. And he hasn't taken the hits that a lot of these quarterbacks have. And man, Look, it's no shade on any of these backup quarterbacks because you have to be really good to be playing in the NFL. And there's the argument that he didn't come to the public workout and he he left. And he had a good reason to. I'm not going to get into that today. We all know that Colin Kaepernick has been white-balled, influenced by number 45 and because the owners do not want to admit that they white-balled him. And I think it would be amazing if somebody would have the courage, despite the media frenzy that would ensue, if they gave him a shot. Now, maybe the CFL is the way he's going to get back. But, uh, man, I would love to see him make it back to the NFL. I just would. I think it would be a great story. He's already going to go down in history 
as a historic figure in terms of uh, American history and sports history. So we'll see if the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League is the path that leads him back to the NFL. But I'm going to say this again, and I'm going to keep saying it. What I don't understand is how the quarterbacks in general, but in particular the white quarterbacks, the most famous white quarterbacks from Tom Brady, who's been very uh, open and public about the fact that he's recently lost 10 pounds. So, you know, we really all need to know that. But when it comes to Colin Kaepernick, he won't say anything. When it comes to mental health, many, many white quarterbacks recently did a spot, an ad for mental health. It was a great ad. It was a great spot. But now one of them will speak out publicly. Not one. Not individually, not collectively, for Colin Kaepernick. And many will go as far as to say that they think he should hang it up. Like, like, how can you say that? Like, I don't understand in a million years how you wouldn't say, man, it would be a great story. I think because of everything that he's been through, he deserves to have all of our support and be given at least one more shot. Like, you know, the thing that I realized when I went to my um, cousin's daughter's bat mitzvah the other day is uh, the rabbi was speaking and uh, I was raised Jewish at a bar mitzvah. And so this is my niece. And he talked about some of the things with regards to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And I thought to myself, I don't know why it just happened to click when he was talking about it. We all know what the Jewish people had to go through, what I had to go through with regards to my family and people that I've known. Uh, my grand, great-grandmother, my great-grandparents, my grandparents uh, with regards to the Holocaust. And we are always reminded of our past. Every Sabbath, every high holiday, Hanukkah, and yet there is this consistent arrogance and push, not only legally in states, in the classrooms, but just in general, to want people of color to forget about their past. And literally, like many prayers in, in Hebrew and things that we sing literally reminders of how we got here and to never forget basically and in the black and brown community it's let's just move on so colin i hope if this is the path that takes you back to the nfl somehow some way you know tom brady was 45 years old when he retired for the second or third time whatever it was and so for people to say that he's 35 years old and, and he should just hang it up the argument doesn't hold any water so he's got a lot of football left in him, and I hope he gets a shot. And can you imagine if he won a Super Bowl? Can you imagine if he came back and won a Super Bowl? You know, I remember when uh, I was looking at Juan Dixon. I've told this story before, real briefly. Played in the NBA for a while, and he won a national title in Maryland. And I personally, when I was recruiting back then, I didn't think he could play D3 ball because he was skinny, he wasn't that quick. But what I didn't take into consideration was what he and his brother had to go through when both of their parents overdosed on drugs. I think it was heroin. And so him and his brother, Phil, who played at Shenandoah, D3, he was older and he's a police officer, is their why. What you can't measure is someone's why. Like Mahmoud having to grow up basically without food many times, having to eat bread with sugar on it because that's all they could afford at the time. Or what Collins had to go through and his why. Like you cannot measure someone's why 
and how that can supersede any statistics, any logical arguments sometimes that people want to make with regards to the things that people say about Colin Kaepernick at this point. And so I just think that he's got a why that's very different than any other quarterback that has ever played, ever. That's not to say he's better. He may be one of the worst 10% quarterbacks that has ever played, even though he led San Francisco to a Super Bowl one year. But his why is powerful. And I think that if he's given a shot, that he's going to make a team better. But he's got to be given a shot. And I really wish my Lions would be that team. Not to replace Jared Goff, because I think he's playing like a top five quarterback right now. But just maybe as a backup. You know, the Lions have been at the forefront for doing things for women. And wouldn't it be amazing if the city of Detroit, the Detroit Lions, brought in Colin Kaepernick. And finally, the last two things I want to talk about real briefly is uh, with regards to Dan Lanning. Uh, it's a little bit in the past already because uh, we're already at the USC game here, uh, which I think uh, Colorado is going to lose again. But, you know, Dion's doing amazing things. And he doesn't cuss. He doesn't talk smack about uh, other coaches. And the reason I had a problem with Dan Lanning, the head coach of Oregon, uh, and Oregon blew out Colorado. Uh, and his famous quote now about uh, they play for wins, not clicks. And he brought the cameras into the locker room on purpose. Dan Lanning is white. Deion Sanders, if you didn't know, he's black. He's a Hall of Famer. He's arguably one of the top 20 players that's ever played in the history of the NFL, at least on defense. He also played professional baseball. And when you have white people in positions either long-term or short-term, and you have an opportunity to leverage that platform to talk about the black coaches who are still underrepresented at the, at the collegiate level and the professional level, unlike the NBA, and the WNBA is doing a better job. I think you have a responsibility, and a lot of people disagree with me. I've heard Jamel Hill talk about this, and she said, I've heard this for 30 years in locker rooms, and it's just... And I just think if you look at it a little bit deeper, that Dan Lanning could have said, look, Dion's doing amazing things. He's great for college football. But, and I just thought it was in bad taste. And I thought that he could have just stuck with the narrative about how um, I think it's amazing for black coaches. I think it's amazing for the black and brown community who often do not get the same opportunities and do not get the same length of period of time to prove themselves like can you imagine if Dan Lanning everyone expected him to talk trash but he said I want to make this perfectly clear I want to be perfectly clear what Deion Sanders chose to do and what he's doing and what he did at Jackson State and what he's doing now in Colorado is incredible and let's just be honest we haven't seen that from a Hall of Famer ever we haven't seen that from a black coach with that type of influence ever. We've never talked about Colorado being in the conversation or Jackson State ever. We've never talked about Deion Sanders being better for college football ever. And so if he had that kind of awareness as a white guy, don't you think that would help him even more? Don't you think he would actually get more recruits instead of this clickbait, instead of this cheesy, I just thought it was dirty. And a lot of people thought it was funny. A lot of people thought it was cool. But I just don't. I don't think these kinds of things are funny. When a white person has an opportunity to say 
what he's doing for the black and brown community, for for the black and brown players as a as a as a role model to show uh, other coaches and uh, players about representation and that you can do anything that you set your mind to from the hall of fame to coaching even though you're black and brown like i just thought it was an opportunity missed he didn't have to just like i always criticize tom brady and aaron Rodgers and tony romo and troy aikman and eli and peyton manning for not leveraging their platforms to stand up for colin kaepernick those are the most influential white quarterbacks in the last 20 years and they don't say one thing they do not back Colin Kaepernick whatsoever. Do they have to? No. Should they? In my eyes, absolutely. And other players should stand up more, even now, some seven years later or whatever it is, to show their solidarity. And they showed solidarity in 2016, and that was it. And there was solidarity for a few months after uh, the murder of George Floyd. So I thought Dan Lanning missed an opportunity to praise Dion and say, hey, I hope they win 12 games, except when they play us. But what he's doing is incredible, and it's literally game-changing for college football, not only from an excitement standpoint, but monetarily, economically. You know, And Dan Lanning, after the game, mentioned the fact that Dion was doing a great job, but by then it was too late. And I just thought it was something that should have been kept sacred. And you know, Nick Saban from Alabama said the same thing. He was interviewed, and he just said, you should save those things for the locker room. There's just some things that don't need to be said. And my other thing is, like, why are you motivating your team against Colorado? Like, you didn't need to say one thing. They were already motivated. Like, the game was already a big game. So those are my thoughts on that. And finally, I want to talk about Taylor Swift. So uh, I don't know for sure if Taylor Swift and uh, Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he also hosts a podcast with his brother uh, called New Heights. And so, you know, my daughter first wanted to go see Taylor Swift earlier this year. And the tickets were like $1,250 or $1,500 a piece. Something crazy like that. I was like, absolutely not. And to be honest with you, the only thing I knew about Taylor Swift was that Kanye had made some comments about her. She had to take some time off. And from a mental health perspective, it really impacted her, affected her. And I'm not going to get into that whole thing. Long story short, economically, whether her and Travis Kelsey are together or not, because I've heard uh, mixed rumors about it, <laughs> what she has meant and what she's going to mean for this country economically is in the neighborhood of about $10 billion. And let me give you a couple of examples. Now, I'm not even talking about what happened after she attended the Kansas City Chiefs game uh, last week. Because ticket sales and all kinds of other sales and just viewership with females and it was just it's just off the hook. And so let me give you a couple of examples here. Pittsburgh's two concerts generated 46 million in direct spending, with 83% of those attending the concerts coming from outside Allegheny County. Los Angeles hosted six shows that marked the end of the first part of the tour, benefited from total economic impact of 320 million dollars. With 3,300 jobs created, 20 million in sales and local sales tax, and another 9 million in hotel room taxes. Denver's two concerts resulted in visitor spending that contributed an estimated 140 million to the state's GDP. Cincinnati's impact was estimated at 48 million, of which 20 million was from out of town guests. So, 
you know, on average, you know, Beyonce, shout out to her. She, her concerts are amazing, and she's a legend. But Taylor Swift people, the Swifties, are spending roughly between $1,500 and $1,800 each. That's more than Beyonce. I mean, she is a phenomenon. Uh, she transcends so many different things, and she is an incredible woman. She's humble. Uh, she's an unbelievable entertainer. So why do I bring all that up? Uh, because we've had narratives in this country, not just with the black and brown community and people of Middle Eastern descent, the Latino and Latina communities, and women, and women of color in the LGBTQIA plus communities. But this is the power of one. This is the reason why this podcast believes that everyone deserves to have a seat at the table, uh, not to be too cheesy or cliche with regards to the late R Ruth Bader Ginsburg, where she said that everybody, uh, basically in summation, everybody, especially women, deserve to have seats at the table. And I've had a change of heart. If I had the money, I would absolutely contribute $1,500 for my daughter's ticket to go see Taylor Swift, because I've read a lot about her, what she's done um, in the communities, for the cities, for people to have jobs. I mean, $10 billion. $10 billion. So bet on women. Uh, flowers and shout out to Taylor Swift. What she's done for other entertainers. She has created situations now where other entertainers can demand more money. In a similar way to the, the writer's strike and, and, and the guild and demanding that they be paid what they deserve. And Taylor Swift has taken it to a whole new level. It's, it's truly remarkable. Uh, once I started doing a deep dive into it a little bit, you know, travel is the economic engine which, which supports businesses every single day and communities every single day. And what she's done is, is unprecedented. And, you know, if she is dating Travis Kelsey, I'll finish with this. She already impacted the NFL in a way that we've never seen a woman, ever, ever. And so what she could do for the NFL, and obviously, you know, it may taper off after a while. But to get females to watch the NFL, the economic impact, if it's anything remotely close to what she does in the cities that she's touring in with her Eras Tour, like, man, you talk about the NFL catching lightning in a freaking bottle if this is actually true that they're dating and she's going to be attending games and promoting the nfl and oh my goodness i just we'll have to wait and see but until next time this is hootie hoot i appreciate you uh listening and anything you can do in social media it is the one thing that people are most afraid of that can really impact a situation so the more you speak out about Colin, the more you speak out about Mahmoud, if you agree or disagree, at least we have thoughtful discussions about what I said with regards to Dan Lanning. And shout out to uh, Primetime, Deion Sanders, for what he is doing. He could have just rested on his laurels. He could have rode off into the sunset. And he wants to lead not only his sons, who both play for him, but his team. And in particular, he wants to lead black and brown young adults because that's just part of what he feels his calling is and so i hope he wins a national championship man if he plays michigan in the national championship game one of these years that that's going to be brutal i mean obviously i'm going to root for michigan but 
And, and finally, Mahmoud, I hope the documentary comes back, and I hope you get a public apology from the NBA, and I hope the NBA players stand and do the right thing and speak out about the things that everybody was speaking out about in 2016 with regards to Colin Kaepernick, even though there was a lot of pushback. But the professional players themselves supported him, and I hope the NFL players and the NBA players support both Colin and Mahmoud in a way that I think they should and leverage their platforms, especially those white quarterbacks who to this day have not said anything, and their silence is deafening. Until next time, this is Hootie Hoot. Much love. So, and if you're interested in this shirt, for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, you can purchase this shirt. It's around $32 or something like that. You can get it in orange, this color, or it's in gray. And they have a hoodie. They have long sleeves. So they have multiple options as well. We want to support uh, women and the history of women's basketball uh, in every sense of the word. So thanks again for joining us today, everyone. Feel free to send me an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com. Also check out my link tree. It's backslash Mike Hootner. Also like to thank a few people. 40 Tons Brand is a socially conscious cannabis brand, and they're doing amazing things. Check them out. We'd also like to thank Moolah Kicks, the first ever female brand basketball shoe in the history of the world. We'd also like to encourage you, if you're having a hard day, and if you're feeling like you just don't want to live anymore, all you have to do is dial 988 from any phone, and there will be someone there 24-7, 365. So don't feel like you have to fight this battle alone. Don't forget to do your self-breast and self-testicular exams every month. It's really important as early detection is the key. Remember, Black Lives Matter. Reach out to your local and state politicians for any individual or group that you feel are being marginalized. Stop the bullying. Stop the Asian hate. Let's end gun violence with common sense laws. Let's be allies for the LGBTQIA community. And I challenge those of you in the white space to be anti-racist, to be bridges and vessels, to help bridge the gaps between black and white America. And remember, until next time, it takes a village, everyone. Much love.